0: Today's date is June 9th, in the year of our Lord, 2023, and this is episode 25.
1: Hi, punks. Going to school, huh? Yeah. Why
2: don't you play fish hooky? They come fishing with us.
1: Yeah, boy. They're sure biting. Get thee behind
2: me, Satan, and don't push.
3: Get behind me, Satan! Jesus said. Get behind me, Satan! Jesus said. Get away from me, Satan! Jesus said. You don't tempt the Lord thy God. Get behind me, Satan! Jesus said. Get behind me, Satan! Jesus said. Get away from me, Satan! Jesus said. You don't tempt the Lord thy God. Now Jesus went to the desert forty nights and forty days when he got tired and hungry to his father he would pray but the devil came to jesus said if you want to be fed why don't you turn these big old worthless stones to bread and he said get behind me satan jesus said get behind me satan jesus said get away from me satan jesus said you don't tempt the lord thy god get behind me satan jesus said get behind me satan Jesus said, get away from me, Satan. Jesus said, you don't tempt the Lord like God. Then the devil, he took Jesus to the temple up on top. And he said, if you are the son of God, you for this open drop. the scripture says that angels will slow your falling down. And they'll gently put your feet back on the ground. Yes, he said, get behind me, Satan. Jesus said, get behind me, Satan. Jesus said get away from me Satan, Jesus said you don't tempt the Lord thy like God, get behind me Satan, Jesus said get behind me Satan, Jesus said get away from me Satan, Jesus said you don't tempt the Lord thy like God, ooh, the devil get to do? Jesus, do a mountain top to shovel, all the cities and the nations and the kingdoms here below and the devil he told jesus you can't have all that you see if you will just bow down and worship me said, get behind me satan jesus
4: said get
3: behind me satan jesus said get away from me satan jesus said you don't tempt the lord thy like god get behind me satan jesus said get behind me satan Jesus said, get away from me, say, Jesus said, he said, don't tempt the Lord like God.
0: Hello and welcome to. This is an official GodCast. Thank God it's Friday. My name is Ron Johnston, and I'm here with my co-host, Ray Finkel. Tonight, giving his testimony, our special guest, Victor Pierce. Let's welcome everyone here. Let's start with our co-host, little Godcaster, Ray Finkel. How are you doing tonight, Ray?
2: laces out
0: well i'm glad you're here to help out ray is going to be taking our prayer requests tonight so for anyone in the live chat please tag ray with any prayer requests and we will pray for you at the end of our show uh tonight victor pierce victor we met at the Larry Jackson Memorial, Barry County Church Safety Conference. And you were my instructor for, what class was it? Um,
4: How to prepare for an active shooter.
0: Active shooter, that's right. Thank you, I act act like I wasn't even there. (laughs) Safety team preparation.
4: You were one of my best students. Oh, thank you. How about
0: that? I like that. Okay, you're 30 years as a police officer in Battle Creek. For those of you who don't know, Battle Creek here in Michigan is like Detroit Junior. So, uh, 30 years as a police officer officer in Battle Creek, you have seen everything under the sun about a million times, and you're probably well seasoned with every situation possible. Isn't isn't that right?
4: I'm still learning. Still I'm learning. learning in so many different dynamics. Well, some good moments and some very tragic moments yes
0: yeah well the, the way the world's changing we have new problems every day it seems now uh you were also the Barry county chief of police for a few years there, 2010 to 2014 and now you are currently public safety officer of emmett township tell us a little bit about what you do now public safety officer there in emmett emmett's got to be pretty low-key huh
4: Currently, my um, job assignment right now is I'm assigned to Harper Creek Middle School as one of the school resource officers. But as a public safety officer, we wear three hats. Uh, We're road patrol officer and firefighter and medical first responder. One of the requirements that when I retired from Battle Creek City, Battle Creek City was just all police. And then I went to Barry Township for um, four and a half years. And then um, when I went to Emmett they said one of the requirements if you want to be a full-time officer is you have to go to their fire academy that was a real challenge and then the other leg was the uh, medical first responder school as well to be um, a medical first responder so there was two other hats I had to go through and um, I took those steps of faith and the Lord led me to that direction and yeah, I've been at Berry Town or at Emmett Township now for almost nine years I serve as a road officer, uh, so I do road patrol, but if there is the event that we have a structure fire or medical emergency, then change into a different type of what we call a different hat and handle that. But so the Lord's given me a, a new adventure in life and still it's the main bottom roots are still being a street officer, handling a lot of different crimes dealing with a lot of different things, but the great positive aspect is being at the middle school to make an impact in young, young adult lives.
0: Uh, that's huge today, because I, th- I think our young lives in today's world are the ones that are being attacked the most. So what a yeah, great absolutely. asset you are. And
4: the way that the, I felt the Lord was really directing my path is that kids need heroes. Amen and to that. sometimes the, it's the wrong type of message that's being sent today in social media
0: yeah they're getting all the wrong heroes
4: absolutely and they and they look at thinking that money's the ultimate goal and some of these individuals who these young individuals glorify have no moral compass at all they're further from the truth of having any kind of relationship with the lord and yeah and um sometimes i i feel it some of these young people, young people go down the wrong path. So I, I really try to be a lighthouse. I truly try to be an instrument for them, not to see the, the law enforcement side, but basically to also be their friend. So I have a lot of students who talk to me about a lot of different issues. They have their own home life that sometimes I can't say any better, their home life sucks. They don't know who their dad or the mom is, and yet they're put in the school system and they're trying to learn, or maybe they've been handed down to a grandparent. And some of them have a good solid base, but at the same token, I feel that the Lord always directs me to help, be that beacon, and letting them also see that the law enforcement officer is totally opposite of what media has portrayed them. Yeah, they treat, they treat them as if they're some kind of a bad guy right now, right, and they all right. assault, and that's not true.
0: Yeah, you you, uh, you haven't really had you, you haven't you don't have an easy way past for you here lately. Um, no. Uh, same and site. That,
4: and that's, that's what even made it more tough there's a why the Lord has kept me as an officer that there's so much shortages all over the United States mm-hmm. uh, departments are so shorthanded and they cannot re- recruit to get anybody to be an officer and those certain communities um, are really really bad some 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 officers say why do what I want to work and serve in that community when all they want to do is literally bury the officer yeah and uh, no nobody wants that an officer wants to go home at night be with his family and have some you know civility versus instability when you see um they're always some of those communities are going after officers and it's pretty sad
0: well thank you for doing what you're doing um everything that i've um come across with you just just our meeting our training and I, I did a little did a little history search for you online, from you know about you online, and, and everything's so impressive, you know, especially the thirty years as a police officer in Battle Creek. Because I don't think I'd make it six months. <laughs> um, but the I, the most impressive thing about you is your joy and love for Jesus. That's what struck me when I met you at that training. um, I knew right away you're a perfect fit for, to, to come on here to the Godcast. And, and I've said this a couple hundred times here that on the Godcast, that you're one of those guys that I didn't even get to finish my sentence. And you just said, yes. And you're, you definitely have the heart of a servant, um, which the Lord loves. I mean, you you couldn't be a police officer without having a heart like that. Protect and serve, right?
4: Wait the two are intertwined, my relationship with the Lord. Had I not had a relationship with the Lord, I think I would have been like many of the other officers. So now I wouldn't say many officers, but there are a number who all they care about is getting their, their time in and getting out.
0: Yeah.
4: And those moments, and I'll share a little bit into my testimony, but as far as the Lord has sustained me through some of the purest worst of times, and it had it not been for him i don't believe that there's no way i would have made it to where i'm at today in in emmett township there's just there's just no way and then that's the bottom line in any occupation if jesus is not at the helm of your life first yes you don't have the fuel and and the fuel can't the holy spirit if you don't have the holy spirit in your life you're you know if you're not intertwined with a relationship you, you just run out of gas
0: Agreed. Agreed. Well, thank you for saying yes, and thank you for being here. We're going to get into your testimony uh, very shortly. But before we do, I'd like to get into just a few announcements. And it looks like Mary has popped in. Mary, are you here?
1: Yes, I am.
0: Where are you, Mary?
1: I'm in California.
0: California? Calif- are you California dreaming? What are you doing in I California?
1: Know. I'm in Yuba City at Bards Fest.
0: What's Bards Fest? What's Yuba City? Tell me what that is.
1: it's a big God gathering.
0: That's right. God's there. That's right. Awesome. I hope you're having fun. We miss you.
1: I am. I don't know if you guys can hear me or not. I'm kind of doing this on the fly. We can
0: hear you just fine. You're perfect.
1: Okay. And I'm, I'm not in the Podbean chat, so I have no idea. I'm just on a bench here on the side outside. So,
0: well, it's great to hear your voice. It's a, it's really weird doing Godcast without Mary. <laughs> she's she's been my rock, uh, and so thanks for popping in and saying hi. You just brightened my day.
1: Oh, thanks. My day and uh, uh, my day too. I
4: hope, I hope, you, hope you enjoy. Good.
1: Thank you for thank you for coming on. on. Yes, I'm sorry thank I can't you. be there for the whole time, but
4: thank you, appreciate it. Yeah.
0: And enjoy your time there, Mary, and safe travels yes. home. We look forward to getting you back here next week.
1: I'm um, so far, I haven't uh, had any uh, direct cooking duties as of yet. So I'm going to hang out here for a little while and um, participate if did, if I can.
0: Did so. Conley make you a steak yet? I told him to save a good one for you.
1: <laughs> no steaks yet, but we did have a steak dinner in Bend So very cool. Before we got here. So,
0: all right. Thanks for saying hi, Mary. Okay. Uh, A couple announcements. Next week, June 16th, right here, live on Podbeam at 7 p.m. Eastern Time, we will have uh, Bard's family member, Christian and Training. Christian and Training is going to be here next week. Do not miss that. That's going to be awesome. And week following that, June 23rd, we're going to have Chris Randall chris randall also known as crazy god story chris you guys are going to enjoy that i think he shared a little bit of his testimony on a kilted christian it's been some time so it's nice we'll get him back and get to hear that story one more time mary there you are i see you now look at that beautiful hat you got you gotta keep that sun off you in california you know that's right all right, so those are announcements. Um, oh, also, if you are listening to this, of course, we're live on Podbean every Friday, seven PM Eastern. But you can also catch us on Google Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, iHeartRadio, Player FM, Samsung chaser and Boom Play. And um, evidently, the words got out because we've got listeners all over the world now. Um, and the, the, I was talking to Victor about this before the show. The hottest thing is our our third biggest market is in the Philippines. <laughs> so uh to all my filipino friends out there mahala Gita, thank you so much for being here i i love you guys um and don't ask me to speak any more tagalog that that's all i know but i just wanted to say i love you guys thank you for being here and please send me an email tell me how you found me and how you're listening to the godcast it's a beautiful thing and uh we're, we're big in canada too canada eh yeah that's right and that's beautiful because I'm a quarter Canadian. You yeah, my, my grandfather was Canadian, so I feel right at home with you guys listening to me in Canada. Thank you. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you, everybody. All right, so if we can, we're going to get started into a prayer. Um, I'd like to pray for this Godcast here tonight. If, anyone, if everyone could please bow their heads or anyone listening. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you so much once again for allowing us to be here to gather in your name to do your work. Lord. I pray that everything we do here tonight does nothing but glorify you, Lord. Uh, We praise you because you are so praiseworthy, and we are so grateful to be here and to do your work. Lord, we ask that you guide Victor Pierce through tonight's testimony, and Lord, we just ask that you give him the words that would edify you, glorify you, Lord, in every way, and words that would bring the lost closer to you, Lord, Uh, For those that are seeking salvation, we pray that this moves them towards you, Lord. And thank you so much. We praise you for everything, Lord. In Jesus Christ's name we pray. Amen. Where are we at now? Uh, Thank you, Mary. Uh, Little Godcaster, are you still here? Yes I am. All right. For anyone listening in live chat if you have any prayer requests, please uh go ahead and tag Ray Finkel and he'll get those prayer requests to me and we'll pray for you at the end of the show. Okay, so Victor Pierce, tonight is your night. Um thank you so much again for being here. Uh please please uh tell us your story. Uh t- tell us what God's been doing in your life.
4: Well, you know, when you laid this upon me, um couple months ago and asked me would i be interested and i've often reflected upon this i says because i really don't get this opportunity too often to really share about who i am and i often thought about this and it's i realized it really hasn't been about me It, it has but it really was when i sat back and i said lord thank you because of the i guess the garbage that i handled in life the things that i did the dysfunctionality i said it was really hard to understand how you would love me and be able to utilize somebody who's so dysfunctional and use your use me as an instrument to go ahead and reach others and i um really gave thanks that i'm still here today i mean it really is every breath every heartbeat really does come from the Almighty. Yeah. a lot of people take every breath for granted they take anything for granted instead yeah. of looking at the little fine aspects and so when you asked me this it was a humbling moment just to really reflect i said you know lord there's really been a lot of great things you 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 came through for me on more than one moment i can remember so many pivotal aspects but this truly is uh humbling moment because I'm, I'm very grateful for how he brought me. So I was born and raised in uh, Kalamazoo, Michigan. I'm um, of Japanese descent, my mom's Japanese. My dad, he uh, was uh, in the U.S. Army and he was stationed in Japan um, years after the, after the war. Um, they were always concerned about a Korean outbreak. So he was assigned um, in Sendai, Japan where he met my mom and they fell in love, got married, and here they were in the States. um, And they had this little Japanese guy named Victor Pierce. And then three years later, my other brother, Mark Pierce came along. So it was pretty cool. I'll tell you a little bit about Mark later on. He was also a police officer. And so I don't forget if I do, I mean, it's the greatest story that how both of us became officers. And I always look at the the mindset of God opens doors that no man can shut. God closes doors that no man can open. And you mentioned it earlier when He wants a specific direction, He will have it fulfilled. Whether it's Jonah being sucked into the whale, saying, "Lord, I'm not going. I'm not going to Nineveh." And in the end, okay, Lord, <laughs> I guess I am going to Nineveh. It's <laughs> those kind of directions that happen. And in my life, uh, born and raised. Kalamazoo um, ultimately went through what we call Oakwood Junior High, and then went to Lloy uh High School, where I was Loy Norris graduate. It was during those periods of time my parents we were raised in a Methodist church, and we attended Oakwood Methodist Church, uh, what we call religiously. And I thought I knew who God was. I mean, I really heard the pastor speak, but more times than not, um, I would often never really understand the entire message i just kind of fall asleep at things they gave me a bible it was a king james bible and i never every time i tried to read it i really never could understand it i get mixed up in the thee thou's wits and hoots so yeah. i just put it aside and i knew nothing about really having a relationship with 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 jesus at all it wasn't until i started attending a campus life that was put on by hosted by youth for christ now previous to that i was dealing through a lot of different identities i mean it was the peer pressures were ever present i had a the worst case of zits and i'm just like the average joe kid really trying to succeed in life and life does can really knock you down. There's no doubt about it. You go through so many different identity crises. You have crushes on girls, and you get dumped, and a lot of different things happen. And I, I often search, saying, Lord, before this, I I would talk to to the Lord after. I remember walking home when I was a Cub Scout, walking home from Winchell Elementary, talking up to the heavens and saying, If you're there, I just trying to understand everything that's going on in my life. So now flash forward, I'm going to Loy North High School and I get introduced by some friends saying, hey, why don't you come to a Campus Life Magazine or our Campus Life meeting? And uh, I said, what is that? And he said, well, you it, it's put on by Youth for Christ and it's, it's pretty cool, it's pretty dynamic for youth. So I said, okay, I'm game. And I went there and I remember one night when I said in the meeting, I said, all you have to do is just be good and you can get into heaven. And I really got, put to the forefront at that moment by the director and says no that is not factually accurate and then he would proceeded to share with me the the whole aspect of of salvation and that jesus paid the ultimate price for our sins and the cross and that that if we asked him to become lord of our lives then he really would live come into our hearts and live there forever but it was a relationship not just a a flip of a switch and it really caught my attention and there were some other christian friends who took the time to really start showing me the gospel and what they had was really unique was they had a living bible and i didn't have a living bible but i wanted to get a living bible because the living bible i said man i'm reading this and this, the bible's coming to life it, now
0: you're understanding I'm
4: it understand Winston, yeah. Winston. now all of a sudden i'm reading john three sixteen about how god loved me so much that um that if we love him so much that he died on the cross for you and I, then I said, man, I, I've got to have this. I got to have this relationship with the, with the almighty. And through a turn of events, through my junior to senior year in at Loyalty High School, I gave my heart and soul to, to the Lord Jesus Christ, to be Lord and savior of my life. But it took friends to really show me the direction versus here I was going to, and I'm not trying to get anything against certain denominations, but I knew nothing about the plan of salvation. I knew nothing about a relationship with with, with Jesus Christ uh, when I was attending uh, the Methodist church. For, for me, it was just at that time, Oakwood United Methodist didn't really share. It was always an assumption That anybody who attended church would automatically know the plan of salvation instead of understanding about what the whole aspect was of why Jesus came and died on the cross for our sins and that he gave us purpose. I think that was one of the most dynamic things about seeing how the word comes to life. And there are so many points of scripture that I've now leaned on throughout history. Philippians 4.13, for I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Man, it doesn't get any better than that to know that kind of meat and potatoes about how the Lord can really, really build a ship in us and give us the courage to do what we want to do. And as long as he's directing it, you know, we won't fail. And I thought as as time went on in my ch- senior year for the first time i started to develop confidence in who i was the insecurities i'm not saying that mm-hmm. the insecurities weren't there but now i had a savior that i could look to and talk to yeah. and and i'm letting him drive the ship in me and say let me propel you let me build up confidence and that's what the lord did he developed a lot of confidence in me to be able to go where um, I was to go. Now, I thought in in my senior year, um, I said, Lord, where are you going to take me? And at that time, he says, I want you to be a volunteer staff for Kalamazoo Youth for Christ. I want you to do what others did by you being in campus life at that time, and go out there and, and run a youth ministry. And so that's what I did. I was I was a volunteer counselor for Kalamazoo Youth for Christ um, for nearly 10 years of my life. And some of the greatest things occurred from that, uh, being able to really work with youth and to really let them see about having a deep relationship with Jesus Christ. I mean, it was the, the greatest adventure to see transformation take place in their lives. And here the torch was originally given to me to understand this and i think what what misses so often is that that aspect where people assume you can go to a church and assume that the gospel has been shared with you when it's entirely not the case and so i often think you know what i really want to make a difference and so by the time i graduated from Loy orgs high school i said lord where do you want me to go and he led me to a different church. At that time, I was going to Kalamazoo, Wesleyan. And what was the coolest moment is when I heard the pastor, because I was started saying, Lord, what do you want me to do? Where do you want me to go? What direction? And I remember the book of Revelations where God says, God opens doors that no man can shut. God closes doors no man can open. Amen. And how true this is. And a lot of times as as Christians, we think, man, we need to know right now when that's not the case. And and give me an example of that is here. David is classified as this beautiful sheep, this shepherd boy. And yet nobody sees the training that took place in his own life. He didn't realize what was going to later on happen to his life, that he would take on one of the greatest battles in life. But here he is, he's a shepherd and he's been prepared for the Lord. And what does he do? He takes down a bear and a lion to show his protection of the sheep. Now, I don't know about you or I, a lot of individuals never would have tackled with a bear or a lion. But here he does that for preparation. Well, in the same thing in our own lives, I did not know the Lord was going to lead me into law enforcement. I took a step of faith thinking, Man, I'm." I might be a forest ranger here i graduated i was a boy scout i was an eagle scout and uh did great there but the lord closed those doors immediately it just i had no passion no fire to become a forest ranger even though i took some close courses at western um that was one of the first steps that i felt i would go ahead and take that that step so i went to western and then i thought well i had music background so I said, maybe perhaps I, I wanted to be a music major and uh, that didn't work out at, right, at all, just didn't have the thunder or the, the what we call the passion to sustain, to do those specific requirements. And then at one point I thought, well, maybe I could be a, a pilot and uh, those doors closed. Then the one aspect I said, how about being a pastor? Well, in the course of this period of time, I'm going from working at a movie theater. I'm working at actually a, a Chinese restaurant as a dishwasher. I, I graduate and work at Burger King for a while, become a whopper flipper. Huh? And then he leads me to being a movie theater, working as a ticket ripper. But the biggest wow. thing happened is when the pastor of the Kalamazoo Wesleyan says, you know, many of you keep wanting to know god's direction immediately you want to know where your destiny is supposed to be in life and that's not what jesus wants you to do jesus wants you to focus on him first and that all these things you seek the kingdom first mm-hmm. and his righteousness you put him first like he talked about to the church of ephesus he told them, you guys are doing everything perfect but you've left your first love and that's the most important thing a lot of times we think wow what am I supposed to do instead of just focusing on the cross, focusing on Jesus, yes. and and what He provides us? And the more we focus on the Heavenly Father, the more we focus on, on on God's plan, then everything else follows suit. Well, lo and behold, next thing I know, I get hired at Bronson Hospital, working at the security department. And while I'm working at Bronson Hospital in the security department in the in the late seventies, like nineteen seventy eight. I started seeing these police officers coming in, uh, left and right in the emergency room, and it really intrigued me. And I remember when I was a little kid, I all was—I I told you Ron earlier that one of my favorite characters on cartoons was Superman. Yeah, uh, truth, justice in the little in the American way, and for whatever be the case, that <laughs> that little seed was planted. I said, "Man, man, Superman is it? He rocks. He's got the the Man of Steel." tough and he's always fighting against the the criminals and now i'm seeing these law enforcement officers coming in left and right and during this period of time working at bronson focusing on the lord and the directing path all of a sudden one day out of the blue i walk into the security office and there's a gentleman there named al that i worked with he was a security officer and i says al you're filling out some paperwork there. What are you filling out? He says, I'm filling out the civil service application. I'm going to be a police officer. I says, Really? Really? And all of a sudden, the bricks were right there. I mean, it hit me like a brick. And I said, Whoa, Al, I've been watching these officers coming in left and right. And I've been kind of moved like I'm thinking, maybe, just maybe. And all of a sudden, he put his hand up in my face and he says, Don't bother. You ain't got what it takes to be an <laughs> officer. Now that's the the Al moment. If any person You're I right. could thank the Lord, it was Al because Al told me I could never be an officer, and I'll ha- I don't, I can't make it, and I can't do anything he's saying. I got home and I was praying about this because this is the moment when the Lord is saying to me, "You never let defeat have the final say." You do never you th- let another individual get in your way.
0: Do you think he meant that wholeheartedly, yes, yeah, really or do you because, think, or do you think he was reverse psychologying you to get in to get you into law enforcement?
4: No, he really was serious. Okay, he had a demeanor about him that was unique about Al, because it was always all about Al. Uh-huh. And so the, the the worst part of that came is they turned down his application oh, wow! so ironically I, I go home and i says huh, this is really intriguing before i take the step because he was trying to go into the aspect of hoping they would send him to the academy i says i'm going to take a step of faith and say okay i i'm going to look at kdcc at that point of whether or not what it would take to become a police officer. What are the requirements? And I really learned that there's two routes. One is the police academy. The other route is a two year program that gets your associate's degree. And then you also go to the academy and you become certified in the state of Michigan. But you had to take some tests. And so I took I went to KVCC. Um, I took the step of faith. I said, Lord, I'm going to take this step of faith. All of a sudden this this is now a passion in my mind and then ironically there was a portage police officer named larry knapp who at a campus life meeting shares his full testimony as being a portage police officer and what it meant to be a christian and an officer and i was just blown away listening to his testimony about how jesus is lord of his life and that as an officer he um was utilized on more than one occasion by the Lord to handle a crisis or a critical moment. And I I was just awestruck at his testimony. And so now I knew the fuel is there. It's burning inside. And those are those moments where, as, as a Christian, sometimes you really want to know what the Lord has and you really got to spend time in the prayer and you got to spend time in the Word and to really say, where am I going? And 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 sometimes it's a little growth. It's a little seed that's planted. And then it's water. And then all of a sudden, boom, it takes place. And then the Lord says, go. So exercising that step of faith, I go to KVCC. I take some tests. I pass the tests, and I enroll in KVCC's two-year program. Now, the problem was, is I was on day shift at Bronson Hospital Security in Kalamazoo. And I said, "Lord, am I going to do?" I says, "I need the funds. um How am I going to do this?" That week, the weekend supervisor's job opened up at Bronson Hospital as a security supervisor. I said, "Well, all right, I'll take a step of faith." There was a ton of applicants who went in there, and I said, "Lord, if you really want me to do and take this step, I'll do it. But you got to open up the doors." Lo and behold, I am promoted to the weekend supervisor's job, which then opened up the door from Monday through Friday for me to be able to go to the two-year school. Praise These God. are not coincidences that are happening from Al, for all the officers coming in, to Larry Knapp's testimony from Portage. Now I am exercising that faith. This is the moment where a lot of times Christians, where they see certain things, but they're not willing to take that step. So I've taken the step and um uh, I get promoted to the weekend supervisors. I'm going to the college. And lo and behold, in the first semester, I start griping to the Lord. I complain, I said, you know what, Lord, this is, I know you have this for me, but man, I don't wanna go through the two-year program. This is just unreal that I would have to go through the two-year program. I really wanna be an officer now. Well, that Monday, Battle Creek Police Department came in with a big recruiting pitch. They were trying to get officers. They were trying to do whatever they could. Nobody wanted to be an officer at that time in Battle Creek. They'd heard all these stories about Battle Creek. And when they walked out of that class, there was like 30 individuals in the classroom and they're all complaining. They said, I'm not working in Battle Creek. There's no way I'm gonna do it. I'll go to Kalamazoo, I'll go to Timbuktu, but you're not gonna get me to call work in Battle Creek. And I really knew nothing about Battle Creek But I said, you know, Lord, if that's where God wants to take me, I'm there. That's my mission. Lord, if that's where you want to go, then you send me. The following week, the director of the college at KVCC came up and approached me. he says, are you interested in working in Battle Creek Police Department? They are interested in you. I said, I was just taken back. I said, you got to be kidding me. And he says, no. They're willing to go ahead and uh, hire you and send you to the police academy. I says, "Wow, Lord, if that's where you want me to go, I will go. And next thing I know, I am. I go through the interviews at Battle Creek Police Department, and I am hired within two weeks at Battle Creek PD. And then that following several months later, I am sent to the police academy over at Lake Michigan College in Benton Harbor. And I'll, I'll tell you, Police Academy is like boot camp. It's two yeah. years of schooling crammed in at that time into like 15 weeks. And I think um, you you live law, sleep law, drink law, talk law. You are in PT at about 5:30 in the morning and ready for your first class at 7 a.m. But it was like when you pray about something, you better be ready. For the result <laughs> and how these things happen that the turn of events bing bing boom boom i mean they went step by step like a domino effect and i knew that's where the lord had taken me and next thing i know um january 2nd 1980 i am a battle creek police officer and so for the next 30 years i made that commitment i said you know the lord really directed my path to battle creek i'm staying there were moments that had other opportunities but i felt like you know what's wrong battle creek gave me at the start and i'm not going to tell you that battle creek was not disney world because there was there was just yeah, crazy moments being in that city but every city i mean it's Battle creek's not to stand out i mean every city's got its issues but um i was i was grateful for the opportunity that that Battle Creek, the city of Battle Creek gave me. And I felt like, you know, it was only proper to give back. And then I encouraged my brother. And they hired him three years later to become a Battle Creek police officer. And so it was the coolest adventure for two Pierce brothers to become police officers, to work in that in that community. And again, the the citizens of Battle Creek were were great. They have been great. They took care of me Um, and I spent, like I said, Thirty years. There was one key moment. This is where you talk about where. And I don't. I'm sorry if I keep rambling, but there's so many different things that happen. One key moment happens in the in the early 80s, about 1981. I have an individual who, a young teenager who wants to commit suicide. He wants to jump into the I think it was the Kalamazoo River at that time, and and um, take his life and i kept negotiating kept talking to him i told him hey life is much more valuable than this you do not want to do this and i I tried to share with him about that the the lord loved him and i think at one point he is going to jump and so i lunge and i grab and i wrestle with him and i pull him off the bridge and thank goodness the sergeant pulls up and helps me we get him to the ground put him in protective custody I tell him about how important he is that that god loves him and died for him Mm -hmm. well i don't see him and and for 28 years of my career i'm going on driving on patrol and by then i was promoted to the rank of sergeant and i'm i'm driving and i'm called to a church to check on an abandoned vehicle to find out if it's stolen and it's on was on capital southwest and I pull up there and I make contact with the pastor of the church. And he says, Yeah, can you please check this car? I just, we do not know if it's stolen. I said, Yeah, no problem. I'm, I'm willing to do that. So as I'm running the plate, he says, By the way, I owe you a hug and gratitude of thanks. I Thank says, you. Well, what do you mean? And he said, Years ago, I wanted to kill myself and jump in the bridge. I'll jump over the bridge and, and drown. The and you found merit and saved me, and I wanted to give you thanks. I've been waiting all these years to really just do this. So he was a pastor of the church.
0: Praise God. So awesome. Talk
4: about those moments where the Lord can utilize you, and you may not see it. Yeah. Yeah. But the effect was there. And um, those um, I had some very, very special. Moments like that. On um, one of the first times when I first started on road patrol, and I was sharing some of my faith, and one there was a female officer named Sandra Worth, and Sandra said, "Why did you want to become a Battle Creek police officer?" And I said, "This is where the Lord has taken my path. I uh, I I love Him, and I and I trust in Him, and this is where He's He's taken me." And she was all of a sudden so overjoyed she flips her clipboard over and shows me all these bible verses and Sandra worth was one of the very first she was the very first uniformed police officer to hit the streets of battle creek as a patrol officer now she passes away two years later of cancer but she fought that race very 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 hard but she was an integral part of how i knew that the Lord had directed my path to to Battle Creek, and uh, it was it was very very real, very moving. And I and I met some very very strong Christian individual officers at that department that helped me and to learn to become a a a, a great a very good street cop. Um, and they they gave me all their their wisdom. And you know as i said proverbs 27 17 says as iron sharpens iron so one man sharpens another well they were utilized by the lord to sharpen me and then in turn i've had the mission of going on and um teaching others i've had the privilege of teaching at the Kellogg community college police academy as an adjunct instructor uh, i teach Patrol operations and preparation for patrol and effective communications. In my earlier years at KCC, I taught firearms and as and defensive tactics. So there are some of the greatest moments in Battle Creek that that happened in my life, and and, and but it ha- would not have happened had not the Lord been at the helm. Now I'm not going to tell you there wasn't a pivotal point in my life where I felt like I was the prodigal son. You know, we we run into these these moments, but through those storms, the Lord definitely has made me stronger to where I am today. And I I can't thank him enough. I I look at key pivotal moments that were real pivotal. One moment in the early 90s, um, I was at a call and an individual, um, there was a boyfriend, girlfriend complaint at this at this address on East Kingman. And the girl told me, hey, I just want to get my stuff. And pre- previous to that moment, um, I was assisting another officer on a felony arrest. So I had the backup officer stay with that officer. And I said, it's a beautiful sunshiny day. I had read my Bible, spent time with the Lord. It was beautiful. Everything's fine. And there's no problem. And I said, I'll go handle this call. So I handled this, this, this lovely lady. She goes, I just want to get my stuff. My boyfriend's scaring me. I says, no problem. So I get in there. And as I see the, the boyfriend, foolish me decides to go ahead and run him in front of him only to find out he's wanted. And he's really mad now, and he's yelling at her. And he stands up and he and I think he's getting ready to go after her big time. And she turns and she's running out the front door. I turn and I get hit with a head with a statue. And I remember um, bleeding profusely uh, uh, at the top of my head, just bloods coming down my face. And those are those moments where you rely on Philippians 4.13, for I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I did not know how bad my injury was, but I felt that the the Lord really sustained me at that very, very moment. Um, I went right after him and wrestled him, was able to get him handcuffed. I was concerned that I would go unconscious and that he would go after her. He already had the aspect of using the the statue to hit me. Whether it was tension for me or her, in either case, I did finish it. I had no backup, and I had to make sure that he was in custody, and so I got him in custody, and um, then I I let my the dispatchers know my status. It was like the cavalry coming. Units showed up. And uh, they take me to the hospital, and thank goodness, I only had six stitches. The next day, all the officers, they're, they're blowing up my voicemail, telling me, hey, I'm glad you're okay. I go to lineup eventually, and I, they give me this big envelope, and I think, wow, they've got me this great maybe Wendy's gift certificate card, <laughs> something fantastic, or uh, with a signature of all these other guys. And what it is, it was my sergeant who blew up a picture of my injury to show how stupid I was for not having backup there. And number two, file checking them in front of them, mm-hmm. in front of the offender. Because those are some principle rules you realize as an officer. There's time and places when you're going to run an individual to find out they're wanted. And it was, but I was coasting. I thought, hey, it's a beautiful day. I read my Bible. Everything's beautiful. But in either case, you, you're, you're taught many, many dynamics. One is are you going to stand in the face of fire many of us as christians when you're knocked down some people even i felt christian brothers and sisters sometimes they want to wallow and stay in the pity instead of rising up second corinthians 4 talks about being the trademark of the is that we rise up through the storm we don't know why things happen as they do but we keep going and keep moving forward the apostle paul talked about running the race that your preparation, that you go through these moments of hurdles. Sometimes we don't know why things happen as as they do, but we keep going. And that's the signature point in Scripture. How many times you see individuals who are dysfunctional, how the Lord used them and sustained them to keep going, keep going, keep going. The Apostle Paul often would say, hey, when I'm weakest, that's when I'm strongest. And had it not been for those scriptural points of sustainment, I don't know if I would have gotten off. I might have just said, woe is me. Uh, and this guy would have taken off. Instead, I knew I had a job to do. Fought the fight at that moment and took care of that. Um, how ironic. I, I remember preceding in my in a rookie year, I chased. There was an individual who stole it in his tenth car. I did not know that till later. and. I had the their information had been put out about a stolen car that was going to be entered in a car show. Candy Apple red uh, Volkswagen one of those bugs. And it was all souped up and they gave out the information. I spot the car and the pursuits on and the guys, he's going blowing stop signs. He hits the foundation of this house and he, and he makes it onto Columbia Avenue. And I see he's trying to run people off the road. And I said to myself, he's got to be stopped. And I remember him making it to Helmer Road. He's going southbound. And I I keep faking one way or another, and I can hear one of the state police units saying, cut him off, pass him, pass him. And I tried more than once, couldn't do it. But finally, I fake one way and then turn the other, and now we're going together. I'm passing him, trying to pass him, I should say, and we're both going uh, southbound on Helmer, neck and neck, side by side. And he looks at me and he takes that car and slams it into my patrol car. And uh, he, these big mag wheels caused my car to leave the roadway. I just lost control of the patrol car. And now I see these trees in front of me. And back in 1981, it wasn't a requirement to wear a seatbelt. And I see these massive trees in front of me and I says, there's no way I'm gonna walk out of that life. And as I'm going out there, I turned the steering wheel as hard as I could to my right. I remember hitting the brakes and I remember the whole passenger side being taken right out by the trees. And as I'm lunging forward to go through the windshield, it was felt like the Lord put his seat belts. He put his angels right there and locked me right in place. And uh, when it was all said and done, the whole passenger side was taken off. But I walked out of there without a scratch. And I, again, I didn't have my seatbelt on at that moment. And uh, the, the guy had lost control about hundred yards up. He ditched in the field. And the, the other he caught up was I was calling out my location. Uh, he was apprehended. And I, I felt like those are just a few, I can name countless moments where the Lord really interceded at a pivotal time. When he needed him the most, he was there. And so how ironic, that in our lives, it's the same thing. It may not be so glorious like that or, you know, super emphasized or so colorful as this, but it's the aspect sometimes when we really need the Lord the most. He is there, especially when we we meet Him at that pivotal moment. And And I can remember those things happening. Is that helpful for you so far?
0: Man, that's amazing
1: that's incredible yeah incredible thank you for sharing that yeah
4: you wow what so it was kind of ironic where you talk about the perseverance of things is, is a when I was trying to reach certain levels of promotion um even the determination for some it was very simple for certain individuals to get promoted for me it took uh, five detectives exams before i got promoted to the rank of detective but the lord was teaching me perseverance each time determination and i remember when i lost my dad to cancer back in 1992 there was a big testing moment and i ultimately did not make it past the oral boards as far as the point totals and so i felt like lord i was really devastated but he kept telling me about perseverance perseverance is so important as Christians, we always ignore that word. There are certain words we ignore, like in Galatians, it talks about the the that the Lord teaches us sometimes the the sufferings, uh, the patience, the determination. But it all develops character. And I can remember pushing forth, saying, "Okay, Lord, I'll pick up my big boy pants. I'm going to keep going." And uh, on the on the fifth try, I finally got promoted to the rank of detective. I lived out a dream that my father wanted my brother had gotten promoted to the rank of sergeant and then um i served a couple years as a rank of detective and then i said okay lord now i want to fulfill another dream i really would like to be uh a sergeant and i said but that's in your hands and through a number of different sergeant's exams i was promoted to the rank of sergeant and from there I walked out of there. I remember in Battle Creek Police Department, when I first started the first few years, I used to see these guys that looked like death warmed over them. They were retired officers getting ready to retire and they could barely make it up the stairs. And I said, Lord, if anything, please sustain me. Whatever I got to do, help me with my workouts. I don't want to be that guy, sustain me. And I remember later on, if you think about this, Caleb is Moses's right hand man. And he makes the comment that he's 85 years old, but he's just as strong as the day that Moses sent him out. And that was, he was 45 years old. How awesome that Caleb had game. And I thought, man, how, how ironic that the Lord uses individuals in Scripture to motivate us today. Yeah. And so I says, 30 years later, I'm going to walk out of there. And sure enough, I mean, mo- most officers can retire at age 24 after 25 years i felt like i still had gas in the tank i'm going to make it to 30. and so then that happened and then i said lord where do you want to send me now and the lord took me i know he sent me to berry township as chief of police they had just lost their previous chief and um i felt moved for that community in Dalton. and i was there and i made it i was i was selected to be chief of police in in, in Berry township i had four and a half good years there was a turn of events that happened uh based on an individual who um wound up being intoxicated um he fought with some of my officers and he made it look like he was the victim ultimately uh he he pled guilty to the charges but because of certain circumstances, um, it kind of split the community in two. And I vacated, I felt that that's my time and had run its course there. And then I said, Lord, where are you going to take me? Because I really felt like I was really knocked down in the waters. That that moment was really tough because I really protected my officers at the department. Um, I, I protected them because I knew they, they did their job in dealing with this individual. Uh, he was disorderly he was he fought with the officers and so he made it look like he was such an innocent innocent individual the powers may be uh, i really don't talk too much about it but that was a very very hard time i had some very 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 good officers and that served at, at barry but i vacated and i said lord where are you going to take me next And lo and behold, then the roads took me to Emmett Township. And that's where I'm at today, because it's been pretty cool. I've been now in law enforcement for 43 years. And I said, wow, I still have I still have energy. I still have game and I'm still able to do a lot of things that a lot of other people. They always put themselves as couch potatoes after they retire. Not everybody, but there's a number of individuals who sit back and They put retirement that is their pinnacle goal. And then they become couch potatoes. Yeah, I've seen it. And yet, yet they're they're Christians, yet they sit on a couch. Instead of saying the Lord never really put in scripture where there's retirement. So I said, Okay, where do you want me to go? And he led me to Emmett Township. And that's where I've been at today. And again, it's been the, the greatest adventure. I've got some of the greatest folks that that have been put in my path and in the course of this time i, I attend woodland church in battle creek Michigan, and we have a, what we call a safety team and just to back this up when well, i talked to you earlier about david's situation where david goes to saul here he is the best of the best of the israel soldiers do not dare to tackle Goliath. They're fearful, and it's amazing. I thought, man, all the investments that would take that Saul invested in some of those soldiers, including David's brothers, and not one of them had the courage to stand up against Goliath. And how pivotal this moment comes where now David has been prepared for that battle by killing a bear and a lion, and now he's going to take on the moment of his life who becomes like one of the greatest legacies of all time, where he says, I can do this. It's like, put me in coach, I can do it. David picks up what, five smooth stones and everything that a law enforcement officer is taught, you're trained in firearms, you're trained in defensive tactics. A lot of times, if you really look at it, you say, well, it's just a beautiful story. Well, look into the details. Why would David pick up these smooth stones? Knowing that he was going to take down Goliath, well, I'm a firm believer. It's because he knew Goliath had brothers, and he was prepared in case he took down Goliath, that Goliath's brothers were going to rise up. So you think about that. Now some people say, "Well, that's maybe that's your opinion." Yes, it is. But I look at that. He didn't take up one smooth stone. He had enough smooth stones to prepare himself for what was gonna be next. And here he didn't even put on any armament. It didn't fit. Saul's armorment on him didn't fit. So here's a guy who just comes in, who's trained by, by being taking down a bear and a lion. And now he's rated, ready to take down the most arrogant guy who the Philistine called, Goliath was the best. And here he's looking at, Goliath's looking at this shepherd boy as if you're nothing. And Goliath, puts the places the shot right where he needs to do. It. And they used to say that they estimate when they look at a lot of different things, they estimated that that that, that stone hit Goliath at a like a 45 caliber pistol right in the forehead. Right him in the temple, kills him. You look at those moments and I said, okay, David was prepared for that moment. Well I felt that the Lord is as a as a member of our church, we have a safety team. There has been a number of churches that have been under attack, evil has a face. And they've been going after a lot of churches left and right, and some of them have been real heinous, no different than they have been at schools. Here you put uh, law enforcement officers at schools nowadays, it's only fitting that a lot of churches need to be prepared. Yet I I was dumbfounded that a lot of churches won't take that stuff because they said, no, they do not even believe in having firearms in the church. And I said, you know, that's that's crap. That's not consistent with scripture, because then you'd call God a hypocrite, because look at throughout the Old Testament. There are many, many moments where different individuals routed foreign enemies. And they just didn't use spitballs. They didn't read, hot, uh, you know, give them um, hot cookies and warm milk. They were prepared and the Lord put them in the position for being prepared. Well, as a member of the church, I classified kind of it a privilege being a member of that safety team and then I felt like, you know what, um, I've been, since on my previous roots at Berry Township, I developed a lot of friends through the Sheriff's Department and through the church, Berry County Safety Summit. I said, you know what, I'm going to pass along the talents that God's given me to share with other churches. And so that's how you and I met, by me being able to train church members on what to do In the event that police response, everybody assumes that an officer will respond within 30 seconds, the minute you call 911. And, you know, know, that's factually inaccurate because sometimes, especially if you live out in a rural area, it may take uh, 15, 20 minutes for a response. And that's if they're not dealing with a critical incident. So I always say that team needs to be prepared themselves. What happens? How to clear a room? How to deal with an active shooter or some? Individual who's maybe it's a domestic situation where individuals coming in and he wants to get him, his daughter, or son, and there's been a court battle. There's been a number of situations that have occurred in a number of churches. So it's been my mission to train a lot of the safety team members for those churches in preparation for a critical incident. So that's where I'm at so far. How am I doing with you?
0: You're awesome, man. Awesome. Mary am I
4: doing okay so far
1: really doing great Mary wow.
0: Mary you would love to hear you miss in the beginning one of the hats Victor wears is he's a liaison at a high school and I know that is, uh, was wasn't important to you as your son was had a oh, good relationship yeah. with a liaison officer uh, that's one of the things Victor does now
1: yeah that it that really I don't know how much you shared of that story but it really made an impact, you know, at the time. And um, so I thank you for that because you don't even know how many lives that you have touched throughout it, you know? Wow, I just am really, it's a beautiful story so far. It's a, it's a
0: story of obedience, story of faith. Yes, yes. Um,
4: I, and then, You know, you, you just shared that, just like where the Lord's led you to do God cast. Um, I don't know where the this road will take me, but I yeah. do know that I, I've looked now, I, I, I was really analyzing a lot of different things um, lately about both the, 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 the spiritual aspect, but I said, Lord, you know what? I've not had knee surgeries. I've not had shoulder surgeries. I have not had really anything major that has taken place where that was, put in me a, a situation where I can't function as an officer. Mm-hmm. So I said, I don't know where this is going. Now, I was joking. I said, I guess there was a, there's, they've done a, a study. Who was the oldest law enforcement officer in the United States? And there's a guy named Buckshot Smith. And the guy is in his nineties. <laughs> He's been in law enforcement for like 60 years. And of course I,
1: his name I, is Buckshot.
4: Right? I, <laughs> I, I joked with my brother. Now he just recently retired. If you punch them up on the internet, you'll see the search in buckshot. It's kind of I said. My I tell my brother. I says, Mark, we can beat that record because my brother went on to work at KCC's Police Department as a uh, as one of their sergeants. But he says that is factually inaccurate. We are not doing that. And I says, I don't know. <laughs> you know, I don't know where the road will take me. But I each year I've made an assessment, saying, you know what, Lord, you, you keep me going. If this is what you want. You keep directing my path, And so, again, I've, I've been blessed with the ability to still do a lot of things. Now, I've had my share of, I, I served on Battle Creek's, when I was on Battle Creek Police Department, I served on their SWAT team for about 14 years. And it did wow. take its toll as far as hearing. We used to use a lot of munitions, flashbangs. Mm-hmm. And um, it, it does, it takes its toll on the ears. So I've had to add well we have some hearing aids but overall the good lord has you know kept me going in the fight look in scripture the apostle paul had the thorn in the side we don't know what that thorn was there's a lot of people who speculate a lot of different things whatever be the case the lord utilized even the even through the thorn to put his purpose in place his glory and Paul, paul saw it and it was amazing how he often he would say lord when i'm weakest i am strongest and how amazing when for us to look at it like that because a lot of times there are i always joke about remember the debbie downers and the old saturday night Uh, Live. debbie downer would always get you down or the movie aliens hudson was the guy he was going to be mr cool and then when everything went off Hell is breaking loose. We're gonna die here, man. This yeah. is terrible. He's the first one to fold. Christians sometimes get into that same mindset where you run, you hang around and you find the Debbie Downers in your church, or you find certain individuals who just they want to drag you down and you'd say, Man, this is like my worst cup of coffee. I can't I'd rather pull tea. And instead of looking at it and saying, Hey, the Lord's in charge of a life, why don't you let him drive your ship? But sometimes they they get that way, and then it and that's infectious. And how often in Scripture were the, the Israelites, how often they complained about certain manners. They didn't like the food. They didn't like certain things that were happening. And they would complain, and it'd be constant complaining instead of focusing on what the Lord had for them. And in the end, the Lord always kept forgiving them and redeeming them. But it's in the same thing in human nature that, sometimes we we live our lives every day saying oh it's terrible oh there's a cloud it's even though it's sunny it's going to rain any moment it's it's sad that we can live our lives like that instead of saying man lord good morning thank you for this day thank you for what you've given i am so grateful that i'm still alive that i have a heartbeat that i know that i'm in your plan today those are those things that we need to always focus on but When you asked me this, so as I reflect on key moments in my life in the younger years, um, the acne went away. How ironic that the the greatest things, the pressures that were there that I didn't think I could succeed. There were great pivotal moments. I remember one pivotal moment in my high school game where now I have the Lord at my side. He's right by me and people were laughing at me. One day I had a really bad game and I had like a 35.5 ERA average. And they're laughing at me like there's no tomorrow. And, but now I've got the Lord at my side. And I remember taking on this team in the later innings and the team and the teammates, I know didn't have confidence in me, but I, now I felt like, man, I've got the confidence. Lord, you sustain me. I don't matter whatever happens will happen. And I can remember, striking out that side and the coach giving me the game ball that was a pivotal moment for me that branched out that says yes the lord sustained me through that moment And it was like the lord saw that i needed that perk yeah. and how often sometimes we we're in these moments where we're just in despair maybe insecurities and god picks us up through that moment and, faithful. Lifts us and sustains us and and there have been other moments since that time that not that we don't have insecurities, but I think I, I have the story that I, I, I share with that has been laid on my heart that I'm actually going to share with the safety team. And that's this. And it, this gets really weird, but gets down deep. Every Sunday, we have our fellowship group and then some of the guys start sharing about <clears throat> things they need prayer for that. Please pray for my shoulder or please pray for my knees. And, and and we do that. But here's a real gut-wrenching moment. Like, what if you were told that you have a son or daughter that has less than 30 days to live? How would you change that moment with them? And it's like the from the movie Source Code. What if you only had 30 seconds left to live? The girl says to the, the guy, well, I'd make those 30 seconds count. Well, in the moment I'm gonna share with them, I know that their response will be, well, I would spend every waking moment with that, that individual. Well, now here's the twist. There's an individual, doctor, who has a who has a new medication that has been proven 100 percent effective, that given to your son or daughter will change the course of that person's life and cure them. However, there is a condition to that the doctor says he will only give it you have 30 days in which to prepare to be a baseball player you have to swing at three strikes and all you have to do is hit one of the pitches where the pitcher is going to throw 95 miles an hour no curves and all you have to do is hit the ball once if you foul it it's a foul but if you hit it you will get the serum what would you do different that's the challenge and a lot of them i know are going to say well i'd start practicing well what is the difference in our spiritual lives what is the difference in our physical life that god says you can't have game at age 80 or 65. it's just the opposite it's that motivator that i think the lord sometimes wants us to be he wants us to push the envelope. That we're all the worst enemies. Well, I can't do it because I got this shoulder problem. Well, okay, but there's other talents that you have. The, you read in, in Corinthians where this the hand can't, the eyes can't say to the ear, you're indispensable. Every right. part of the body serves as an integral part, a formidable force. Yes. You read in Ephesians where we put on the full armor of God. We don't just take one armor; we use the full armor. It's the same thing in our spiritual life. That how ironic that we can go every Sunday coast, and yet we might be hit with a situation where you have thirty days left to be on Earth, or you have thirty days left to prove that there. That how how willing uh, how far are you willing to go for this specific prayer request? You know, do we spend thirty days on our knees praying over a specific matter? that is so bleeding to us? Or are we getting ready to possibly lose a loved one when the Lord's saying, the answer is there. Are you willing to go the distance? It's so many different dynamics that you think about, whether it's the physical or spiritual. If I put it upon them, they have 30 days in which to try and lead someone to the Lord. I think their outcome might be a little bit different. It's amazing that the Lord laid that analysis on my heart to be able to challenge other people. But I know I really want them to see themselves in a light the way God sees them. That they can do a lot of things. It's their own human frailty. It's the deceiver who tells them they're no good. It's the Al that told me back in 1978 you'll never make it. How ironic that 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 still holds true today even in in as Christians where the deceiver will penetrate into a church you can't do this you can't preach
2: yeah. you're
4: no good at preaching yeah. you can't share the gospel there's no way you could do certain things you you just all all you should do is just give your offering you can't sing why would you step forward on the on the on the stand and up there and sing a solo you can't do it it's those moments where i think the lord really challenges up even more and saying yeah. no that's the opposite i want you to be up there I- you put me wrong
0: Victor, I, right before I started doing this podcast right before episode one, I had a week, a full week of that voice in my head. And after a day, I realized who it was and what I had to do. And, and it was exactly that. It was, okay, I'm going hard now. Look out. <laughs> You're look right. The
4: Lord, that's really cool when you and I have talked about this, how he's planted the seed and look how it's, it's blossomed. I mean that's that's just incredible. That that speaks volumes. Was Mary going to say something?
1: I was, and then the train was. So- <laughs> <laughs> hey,
0: we haven't had a train yet on Godcast. Let that roll. That's nice. <laughs> it's the first time we've had a train on
1: here. Well, what I was going to say was is that um, I've often found that the the gifting that God gives you and that mission they puts on your life. Yeah. You know, the enemy will go after that and just no. just as a general rule just you know, you run to God the other direction and do the opposite of what you know, the enemy's telling you to do or is, you know, he's the accuser. So Right. um yeah. can fully relate to that.
4: I can see <laughs> You know, I, I don't want to paint. I hope I've really been painting a, a clearer picture of things. There are things that I battle with as I do get older. I'm sure you do. You, you deal with the fatigue. You deal with a number of different aspects. But I think that sometimes the Lord definitely lays upon us, even if it means striving to eat healthier. There's enough uh, scripture that lays the work on on how to stay healthy. It's just whether or not we're willing to look at that. And, and it's it's one thing about the the, the you know physical aspect of, the, of of food but i found just like it talks about in the, in the book of john about the living word um the the word is is living and alive and i think the bottom line is is we need to have the lord in our roots first when we do that other things follow it and, and it doesn't mean again like there could be a day I've had days like I had a, a couple of days ago, 18 hour shift. It was very tiring. It was exhausting, but I made it. And the sustainment is, is pretty awesome. And I will say this, that had it not been for the Lord being in my life, I would have been a total burnout. There's, there's just, it's, there's just no doubt about it. And there, there've been some very, very special moment. One, Um, If I could go into this, back in 2005, Battle Creek Police Department, we were, I would say, coasting all along. Uh, The officers were always doing great things. Um, And and at one point, I thought, man, you know what? We can do no wrong. We can really do no wrong. And then in 2005, one of my greatest work colleagues, uh, Detective Lerberne Brand, was gunned down. And I was just floored at that um there was some pivotal moments i shared with you losing sander worth there was another individual who wound up taking his own life in the mid-80s uh one of the officers and one moment he's listening to the tiger game and we're talking with each other car to car and next thing i know he's taking his life and I, I was devastated and distraught over that but the really kicker was when um we lost laverne brand and that was a very gut-wrenching moment to lose him and to see the pain in the faces of the other officers and a lot of them asking questions of why those are the hard moments and as an officer i've handled some real devastating moments i've handled little kid homicides and there have been moments where you you just didn't want to go home or you couldn't sleep and you think about those moments, because that's you deal with the, sometimes what we call the underbelly of society. Evil has a face. They always lump everything as being an individual's got some kind of mental problem. And I said, that's not always the case at all. An individual who commits robbery, it's not a mental factor. It's a choice. People who choose to do something that's real heinous and um, you have no moral compass, a lot of them it's a choice they made that choice to do that kind of stuff choice choose to be evil and so society can't accept that all they say is well this person's got a mental issue we need to give them more medication instead of looking at everything as a whole that has nothing to do with it It was a choice that they made and the, the the consequences are given unfortunately the victim has to pay for the consequence the rest of their lives and that's what's sad and sometimes as an officer it propels me even more to why i want to stay as an officer i know it's kind of bizarre to see it they see it that way um there's a number of guys who just say they don't want it anymore they can't deal with any more pain i had the privilege of serving on uh, the honor guard so i've attended a number of officer funerals and that is really very moving very gut-wrenching and again those are those moments where people are searching for answers and you you say lord please out of out of that ruin may something great happen from that yes so it just throughout my career i really not touched base on a lot of detailed things but there are definitely moments where you say there are moments where it hit me hard where i say what am i doing why am i still here lord why why This is just disgusting. And why did this happen? Or you do everything you can to try and save. I remember giving, trying to give mouth to mouth to a little infant, trying to save this child. And in the end, the end result was it didn't happen. But that's not to say that that child didn't have any value because the Lord utilized that to affect me. And I know it touched many, many other folks. So sometimes we'll look at and say, why did this happen? And I don't have always the answers. But I know that he does, the, the good Lord does. Mm-hmm. And um, you, you've got to lean on Romans eight twenty eight. all things work together for good for they that love the Lord. And there's the point right there. Sometimes many individuals don't have any relationship with, with Jesus Christ at all. They have no relationship, no relationship with the heavenly father. Um, and they just you can see them, how they wilt. They just yeah. they they can't sustain. And again, I, I'm it's sometimes for some, I've run into many people, it's all about wealth. They think the wealth will bring them happiness, or this item, or that item will bring them happiness, and it doesn't. There's no peace. There's no peace in their lives. We've had some guys in our department that have been married like six or seven times. And it's it's unfortunate. Um, it's not to take anything away from the, the things that they've had, but sometimes their motivational factors as to why they did it is, is way off base. So I, I don't want to keep, like I said, rambling, but there's some things that the, the Lord I have to constantly, in order to stay in tune with the Heavenly Father, I have to spend, spend time in the Word. I had a very, very dear friend of mine, Jim, Jim High, Back in the early 80s, he was a teacher at Gulick High School. He was a real pivotal, providing impact to me. He loved the Lord tremendously, and Jim died of leukemia. Now, just weeks before he passed away, we were all giving him the rah-rah speech that, hey, you're going to make it. Um, and we patted him on the back, and he got really mad. I'd never seen this before. Jim used to go out on his rowboat, or he'd take long walks. And he says, had it not been for the leukemia, he never would have had a strong relationship with the Lord. But because of that, his walk with the Lord was just incredible. He'd take long walks with the Lord, just spending time with saying, Jesus, you're doing a great job today. The, the, the sunshine it's beautiful. The trees, everything's fantastic. Well, he got mad at a lot of us. And he says, you know what? You guys' message is way off base. If the Lord wants to take me home, heaven is far better. Amen. And that was really a hard thing to, to think about. That some people might not want to look at it like that. But Jim did. And Jim was, Jim prayed so much that he married Marsha, this girl named Marsha. Very, very nice, godly woman. And he knew the days before he passed away, he said, you know, I wish that Jim would hook up with my brother. And uh, he talked to his brother. And he knew his brother was single. And he said, you know, if the Lord wants to take me home, the Lord's gonna take me home. And I'm gonna experience what marriage is like, even if it's for a few months, and he he did. And um, when he did pass away, made the greatest impact of my life. His favorite favorite, uh, story was the one solitary life. And I know that you and I have probably read this before about that it, it talks about basically Jesus' life. That who would ever it's taken like from the book of Isaiah, who would ever even think anything about this individual? Yet it, it was the, the Lord who gave it all for us, and it's because of him that message still resonates today. Well, Jim went home to be the Lord, he uh played an integral part in my life, and there was a dream that I had like a few months later, and I was really distraught about Jim going um home i still loved him i wanted to see him and i had this dream and i saw him it was like we're sitting across from each other in the table and there was a fireplace and he's basically telling me not to be distraught and he says i want you to preach the gospel preach the gospel and i woke up with feeling really refreshed because of this now the reason i said all these things Jim's brother did take on the responsibility and later on fulfills a prayer that Jim had that his brother would marry Marcia. And um, they they still been married, still loved the Lord tremendously. Which leads me to this next individual who, one of my best friends in Youth for Crisis was Dan Gillette, a pastor over in Holland he shared that one of his best friends was a guy named dave and dave had leukemia dave and him were inseparable and he felt that the lord would really hear his prayers and that dave would be cured and it did not happen and dan was very very distraught when dave passed away and about a month later there is a church rally and Dan does not want to go forward to help as one of the counselors and they're pleading at this church rally that there's going to be a number of people that are going to come back who want to be saved. so Dan attends the rally and there's like a hundred people who come forth. Dan is directed to go to this one individual and Dan starts talking to this individual. And the guy says, "I'm willing to give my life to Christ." He says, "I'm here because I lost a very dear friend recently." And he says, "Really?" He says, "Yeah." He died of leukemia. And he says, "Really?" He says, "Yeah." He says, "That guy really meant the world to me. It was it was so important." And as they got to talking, they come to find out it was the same individual, Dave, who had impacted that guy's life. Wow. And now Dan was there. As a, as a pastor and leading this individual to salvation, and yet they were dealing with the same friend who they'd never even met. See, those are those moments where you look at things and there's no coincidence, there's no yep. way that that could have happened. Yep. Yeah, and like sure. I said with my friend, Jim, there's different moments that we have in our lives that we really sit back and look at that and say, man, the Lord put that there. The God cast that the Lord has put in your life has definitely put an impact on other folks, even if it saves one individual. that that moment, whoever knows that that individual turns around and becomes the President of the United States. You never know where the Lord takes you.
0: It's eyes to see and ears to hear, right?
4: Yes. So
1: We've often talked about that, you know, we don't really even know if that's the purpose in it. We yeah. know that God has a purpose in it. Yeah. But we, we may never know exactly what that is. Yeah. And even if it's just one, but even if it's just a seed for someone else, yeah. or, you know, lots of lots of things can happen, you know, that fall in line from just taking one step. And out here at Bardsfest, we had a message this morning that talked a lot about that, about just taking the one step into what God has called you. And then he's gonna, he's prepares your way already. So
0: just recently, someone that had gave their testimony had received a comment. And that comment was, you know, thank you so much. Um, and, And it was I've been asked to give my testimony, and I've been hesitant. But after listening to yours, it's given me the strength to give mine. So you just never know how far this is going to trickle down and how many hearts is going to touch. You know, it's going to touch somebody who's going to then go on and touch somebody else. And that person, you know, it's just on and on. And it's, it's amazing to see God's work. It really it truly is.
4: I am, uh, you know, Matthew twenty three twelve talks about those who exalt themselves will be humbled. Those who humble themselves yeah. will be exalted. And I really try to, Really, really tried to follow saying, Lord's leadership is servanthood. Because a lot of times you have in law enforcement, there is a pecking order where a lot of times individuals will say it's all about them. And the Lord reminded me, even in, in my career, that it's not about you. And sometimes it is about servanthood. And that's so important. You look at certain individuals in life, and I shared some of the things like, You look at Desmond Dawson, Hacksaw Ridge, how he saves 75 individuals' lives. Um, You look at a guy named Bertie Weber, who does the greatest rescue in Coast Guard history. They were basically what we call nerds. They were nobody. And, And yet they did the greatest things as far as servanthood. And I think that's where Jesus really wants to teach us that. You can wear the stripes and have all the accolades you want, but it means nothing if you don't have servanthood. And it means getting down into the trenches and doing things that he wants versus what you want. That doesn't mean that our our desires are kicked aside, but it means we, I, I try repeatedly saying in the beginning stages, I think, I want this, I want this, I want that kind of like Santa Claus. Yes. You know, we, we treat God like Santa Claus. And and as you get older, you start realizing, man, my my wants were way off base.
2: Uh-huh. And,
4: and instead of realizing, okay, Lord, I really don't know what I want right now, but what do you want? And I think that's where he really wants us to be in tune, where we start looking, saying, what do you want me to do out of this? And if we can do that, then we get the, the egos out of the way And the humbleness is there, and he teaches us the servanthood, the trenches. When when we did the Berry County Safety Summit, I said, for me, I felt the Lord really leading me and teaching about practicing, practicing, practicing with, with church team officials from other churches who had never learned how to clear a room. But I felt it was laid upon my heart to teach that versus having them assume it or finding it on YouTube. And so those are those moments where you say, okay, Lord, utilize me. I'm willing to go in the trenches, teach me to so that I can do that. So that even has led me to even like teaching new recruits at a police academy. Um, as, a, as an officer every day, when I see the young adults at, at the Harper Creek Middle School, I mean, I, I really feel for them. Some of them, I really want them to know the Lord. And how ironic that I run into some of them that go to my church. And that's even more special because now they see a police officer who loves the Lord, who's at the church. And so that it, it's it's kind of fulfilling in so many different aspects. Yet at the same token, the mission field is there because I see that there are many of them who, who have no relationship whatsoever. and and. It's, uh, it's always a challenge to let them, to try and be their friend. I turn almost, this year I will turn 65 years old in July. So I say, okay, it's important to try and stay contemporary with a young adult. Um, they won't relate if I say I love Karen Carpenter or Abba. <laughs> so I have to stay current on certain things. Now, that doesn't mean I'm not listening to every garbage music there is, because there's a lot of garbage out there. I won't. But I can still find common ground in dealing with them, But it's playing basketball, baseball. I Like I said to you earlier, I, I umpire baseball games through Michigan High School Athletic Association. I felt these are moments where I could stay current versus – Crumbling up, sitting in on a couch, or getting a scooter chair from Walmart and moving around. I said, "I'm not going to do that, and I don't want the Lord to put me in that position." So, and He hasn't yet so far. I haven't had any any situation like that. But I feel it's important that I could stay current, contemporary with them, then, then that's successful. (laughs) Oh, that makes
0: sense. Yeah, when I met you, I never would have guessed you're 64 years old. Yeah. You move pretty good for an old man.
1: <laughs> I'm kind of stunned. I'll just say it. I'm stunned. No way. I thought that either. Yeah. Wow. Uh,
0: Victor, thank you so much for your testimony. Uh, it's welcome. A great story of obedience, of perseverance, um, to know that it's yes, about a relationship with Jesus. It's not a, a religion. It's about a relationship. Um, and just a truly great example of, of seeking him first and everything that you've done. And it's obvious that that's paid off for you. But also great vision, you know, to realize, to recognize that these things that happen in your life aren't coincidences. No. You know, they were all part of God's plan for you. And your obedience is what is what got you to where you're at today. Um, just just a beautiful testimony. Thank you, Victor.
4: Thank you.
1: Appreciate Thank it. you so much. I'm so glad that I was able to catch this tonight. Thank you.
4: Thank you. Uh,
0: so, with that, I'd like to speak a little bit about salvation. Uh, for those of us who are here, joined us live. If there's anyone here that's joined us live, I've opened up our call-in feature. Uh, if you're on Telegram, on the bottom right of your f- bottom right of your handheld phone, there you'll see an icon that looks like a telephone. If you'll hit that, you can call in for salvation. If you have not been saved before, we can pray together uh, right here. If you're here and you're listening and you're not. It's not a coincidence that you just happened to be here. You're here for that very reason. It's not by chance. Um, so please call in. I'd like to read Romans ten nine through 10. It says that if you confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified And it is with your mouth that you confess and are saved. And salvation is just that easy. Uh, Please first recognize and understand that you are a sinner. We are all sinners. Uh, Repent of your sins. And if you can truly believe in your heart that Jesus died on the cross, that God raised him from the dead, and you can truly believe in your heart that Jesus is Lord, then you are saved. uh you can reach out to me at this is an official at gmail dot com uh, if you're hearing this on a recording and uh we can get in touch that way, we could pray together as well uh Mary, you're with us would Would you like to do a closing prayer tonight, Mary?
1: Absolutely. I I'm, hopefully you can hear me, okay? I have yeah. about forty-three percent battery, so I'll I'll try to be brief. I know that's kind of hard sometimes for me, but
0: okay. Real so. quick, if I could, announcements again next week, Friday, right here in Podbean, seven p.m. Eastern time, June sixteenth. We will have Christian in training, and the week after that, June twenty-third, we're going to have Chris Randall, and you know Chris as the crazy God story, Chris. That's Chris. Um, and uh with that i'll I'll leave it to you, Mary. Go ahead and close us out, dear.
1: All right, thank you, Lord. for another Friday. Thank you that you've brought Victor in to talk about you tonight and that he's able to share his testimony and I know Lord, that it's gonna sh- it's gonna touch a lot of people's lives, and so um, we just pray a blessing into that right now. I just I, I pray God's just a fresh wind and a fresh fire upon Victor and his, you know, everyone that he loves in his life, his family and friends, and um, I just, Lord, just bless the work that you have called him to do and the, this mission and to just keep going until you have him doing something else. So um, thank you for that, Lord, and so bless him. and. Um, I usually, Lord, will have um, people who will have a prayer request, and I'm I'm not able to see that, Lord, but you are. So I'm just going to lift that up to you right now. Whoever has had a challenge tonight, or that they need more of you in your life, in their life, that they that they will feel the your presence even right now in this very moment. That they'll feel more of you in your, in their life. And I pray against anything from the enemy in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. We pray with authority that anything from the enemy would just be struck down right in its tracks right now in the name of Jesus. We pray health and healing and joy and goodness and mercy and grace into every single prayer request that's come across, either if it's been typed out or spoken or not even spoken because, Lord, you know all of it we thank you for that and lord i also want to lift up um our godcasters tonight and especially ray finkel for filling in tonight and i just want to thank you lord that um you you've got him in a mission and training as well so um just bless him and you know bless both ron's kids too and um lord i pray for anybody that has heard this message even if it's tonight Tomorrow, five years from now, Lord, we will continually pray for those to be saved by hearing about you, Lord, and that just open their eyes and their ears, whoever's listening to this message. And if you feel that call for the Lord, don't hesitate. This is probably the most important thing you'll ever do in your entire life. Answer the call. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. In Jesus' name. Amen. I don't know if Ron I don't think Ron realizes he's muted, so.
0: Oh, thank you, Mary. Yep. I also wanted to pray, um, dear Heavenly Father, safe travels for our family that is traveling the country this week. Also, I want to pray for Insidious and Jeff. Uh, Lord, I ask that you take their ailments from them. They've been suffering for for long enough. Lord, please bring them back to health. I also want to pray for Kit Kat, her recent motorcycle accident. I want to pray for a speedy recovery for her. And also, Father, we ask that you are with Bob. Give Bob comfort, who was just recently lost his father. In Jesus' name we pray, Amen. Amen. Oh, Victor, thank you again so much for being here and sharing your story with us. Um thank you. please, Victor, if you can do me just one solid brother. Don't let this be the last time you tell your testimony. Okay and uh, for anyone listening if you would like to give your testimony please I encourage you to get in touch with us you can reach us at this is official Godcast on telegram or you can email us at this is Godcast at gmail.com. Uh, we would love to hear your testimony as well. If you're not going to come on here and give your testimony that's fine please find someone you love who does not know God, and and share with him your testimony. Okay, so my friends, I'll leave you with this. My dearest friends, let us not forget, we are here for one reason, one reason only, and that is to spread the gospel of Jesus Christ, our Savior. So please share your testimony with someone you love that does not know God. And we look forward to seeing you all next week. Thank you so much for coming.
1: Thank you. Thank you. love you guys
4: thank you
0: hey Victor stick around for a little bit we like to say goodbye to you after the show after the song okay, okay. when they
2: ask me for my testimony I'm gonna tell them I'm gonna tell them when they ask Jesus, Jesus, greatest love I found All about Jesus, Jesus He turned my life around He's my savior, he's my friend Jesus, Jesus When they ask me the meaning of living I'm gonna tell them I'm gonna tell them, when they ask me, the secret of the start that's overflowing, I tell them, I'm gonna tell them. It's all about Jesus, Jesus, the greatest love I found. All about Jesus, Jesus, eternal life around. He's my This is good news, good news, good for you and me This is good news, good news, come on and believe This is good news, good news, all you'll ever need Jesus, Jesus It's all about Jesus, Jesus
4: greatest
2: love i found all about jesus jesus he turned my life around oh he's my
0: Jesus. all right once again thank you all so much for joining us live and thank you for everyone who's listening on the replay uh, we look forward to seeing you next week right here on Podbean, 7 p.m eastern time and we will have christian and training <laughs> giving their testimony then thank you so much and we'll see you next week
1: goodbye bye guys Bye. love ya